Hey there, Jules here, and welcome to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. My life is a surrender experiment where I choose faith over fear to follow my intuition. And it has all led me here to share wholehearted stories about what I've learned along the way. So take a nice deep breath, settle in, and remember, the light in me loves the light in you. Now let the elevation of your soul's experience begin. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. I'm sitting here with my best guy, Mr. Josh Fritz. What's up, baby? The best, the only. No, I'm not the no. only. Gosh, I'm not the only anymore. Mm-hmm. There's three other ones. Mm-hmm. But you're all my best ones. <laughs> <laughs> Love my babies. So we're back together to record the next next episode yes the next <laughs> next episode so if you're Part tuning two. in and you have not heard the next episode this is the continuation of that story part two <clears throat> and the story is about really this you know how hard it is after having a baby or some huge life transition, you could say. Because, I mean, it doesn't matter that, that I have right. a baby or two babies. It's the fact that something transitioned, changed. right? There is something that was transformative and, and expansive that was happening. And what comes after that is where we are now. <laughs> so we talked about some really good things. So if you haven't listened to that episode, maybe stop this one tune into the other one, pick this one back up, or just keep listening. I mean, whatever. It's your life. You do what you want. You're the boss. You make the rules. just want to make sure you know that. You are the committee. So the, the cool thing is, though, if you look at your life in acts, right, like acts of a play, so you've got the thing that happens, right, so the the pain or the breaking or the you know the thing that that hurts and you have the process of going through it act two you know it's it's going through the pain going through the fire you know all of that that happens and then act three which is everybody's favorite which is the rising, you know, the phoenix is the now rising up from the ashes, reborn, right? Only if you choose to see that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people may not. Act two just lasts a long time for some You may think that stuck. you're, yeah, that, that act two never ends. But the thing is, is you have to allow it to do its work and pass through you in order for the next phase to come and transform you you know so the um and the practice the work that you speak of um and that practice is what helps you shorten act two mm-hmm. oh that's a good point you know what i mean that is a good point so because as great masters say suffering is optional you know the work's going to happen but suffering is optional and so what i think for me personally what i've come to uh practice the most is cutting down my amount of suffering you know like i really got tired of dragging myself through the mud 
you know, like beating myself up and allowing myself to stay under the water unnecessarily. Like I didn't have to by allowing myself to swirl in my mind or create different narratives that were self-defeating or blaming others or whatever, you know, whatever the, the case may have been recognizing that stuff sooner to pull out of it. So that way you can move on and feel some joy. So, and we felt a whole lot of joy, didn't we? we sure did. <laughs> so, so uh, we, um, got a call, got an email, got an email to do a job that we normally do, which is a staff makeup and hairstylist for an annual fashion show. It's a great job. We love doing it because we love giving jobs to people who really are, you know, just honing in their craft and they hungry they for opportunities. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they want that. I was going to say they want that opportunity. They want that experience. And it's always interesting who ends up on the teams because people that you think are going to be on it, uh, aren't, and sometimes they are. So it's always like very, uh, it's a living being that we, you know, mm -hmm. this year it was, I, I, you know, years past, I know that we've, you know, just, just staffing it, you know, we've tried to put together, you know, good cohesive people. Um, but this year was a bit different. Mm -hmm. And it was different because they decided to, uh, offer me the job of doing, a lot of jobs. <laughs> they were like, how many jobs do we have? Let's give them all the jewels and see what she can do. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got you. And, um, I didn't say no. I, I showed up. I showed up. Uh, I've, I've run, we've run many fashion shows before as the, the makeup department side of it uh but this was running both hair and makeup simultaneously and not only doing that but also staffing two teams of 20 for 40 total jobs one in atlanta one in savannah one in atlanta one in savannah in two totally different cities and throw the cherry on top which is be the official makeup partner, which means that we were then going to supply makeup in order to complete the look. So whatever the, the final look that was approved to be, we were going to have the makeup for that. And that required us to make some custom products. And it was fun. It was it so was. cool to get it that opportunity. And we so can't really, play around like that in a minute. Yeah. And we kind of, you know, for, for those people who, who know us and have been following us for a while, you know, um, Jules more than makeup. Uh, has, JMTM. JMTM has been officially just shut down. Mm -hmm. It just didn't make sense for our life anymore. Um, and so we just kind of walked away from that. And, um, and we're not really sure what, how the makeup was going to come back in. We were just kind of waiting to see what pushed us in the direction. <laughs> I was resisting me. it like crazy. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it again. It's so much work and inventory and blah, Let's blah, be blah, honest, blah. you didn't want to label anything. I know. I'm, Mr. Fritz is the master labeler. So every single piece of makeup with a label on it 
It has my fingerprints has on it. Has your fingerprints on it. <laughs> so he's like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. But, you know, with us traveling, it, it was tough to you was know, impossible. fill orders and this and that. So we decided to put it on ice and uh, clear out the inventory and just let it let it simmer. And then then we got this call and it was like no 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 no. we need to put it back on the burner because things are heating up in here and where we were um presented with this opportunity to to reach a new height in our careers within the beauty industry which was but to put this in perspective mm -hmm. we moved to the country Mm -hmm. We have a skeleton crew of a team that's mm -hmm. like our regular that are, you know, working on a regular. Oh, you mean me and you? The skeleton crew? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> skeleton crew. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, like you have, and I'm pretty sure your kit was dusty when you pulled it out. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. You hush your mouth. My kit was not dusty. Thank you very much. Ooh, you better be glad there's a microphone on me right now. No, I'm no, no, no. Come on now. I still do my beautiful conversation series with oh, this, this is very true but i mean this was like this was like jules as the big boss this was like you know you got to you got to put not only not just like big girl panties you got to put on like like i am i am superwoman and i'm gonna go and all the things that i need are going to fall into place we did not really have time to to create the situation, the ideal situation to do these shows and make them successful. Um, no, but I knew based on affirmative living that everything we needed to do the job, the way that the job needed to be done would be available. So I had to make sure that I didn't complicate it. When you and, told me that you had, I was asking you about how you were going to get all these people. I was like, cause I mean, we've struggled before when we just needed like six or eight, you know, and been like trying to find six to eight good people that were actually available last minute. Cause we get the dates so late, you know, on Saturdays, people are busy. And what did I um, tell you? you? You said the right people will find their way onto my team and I will have everyone that I need. And when you said that, you said it with a lot of intention. And I was like, I'm not going to ask her again. I'm glad you didn't. Like I was like, I'm good. That answer is is gonna work because it always does in and our we life because we up believe with in it. Exactly the right people that we needed to get the job done. And I'm so proud. So so we, you know, we're getting all this stuff done and, and we had to put everything on pause. You know, anything work related had to get stopped, including the podcast. And you know, we just had to focus our time and be, you know, um, it, it's almost like uh, efficiency was, was needed, but we had to be really clear mm. on what we were doing. You couldn't get jumbled up with, with, you know, self-defeating thoughts. There was no time for that. You know, it was, this is what I'm doing and this is how I'm doing it. And I just got to keep showing up every time something is asked of me, I do my best to elevate this situation right. right so keeping keeping moving forward so it's time for us to go we pack up everything that we need to pack up and we head out to atlanta and we have all the kids the dogs we're like the clampets 
going down <laughs> the highway because <laughs> yeah. we don't have an airstream to keep our our big suitcase aka yeah, our, the airstream a 31 foot suitcase <laughs> is not with us so we have to uh you know get everything we need and so we get settled in in atlanta and we get there and the cool part was is that it just all felt right in my soul, it all felt right. It all felt as if I was getting prepared for this. And and actually, let me back it up a little bit. So before I'm in Atlanta, um, so you know, we get the email, we work things out, we agree, commit to doing the jobs. And um, I had a trip to Savannah, and I went and did my work with Paprika Southern Magazine and did uh, some interviews and, and it was really great. But this was fresh off of me having the experience of being completely depleted and you were worried about me. Oh yeah, you I was were like, very we don't vocal. need to go to Savannah. You were very yeah. vocal about yeah. not wanting me to, you were afraid, I think, that I was going to do too much and burn out my reserve tank again. And you didn't want that for me. And it's interesting because I know you will push. I will push. Correct. But I will not push myself into a danger zone for work. And I think that's what I've learned is that that's, that doesn't work out, mm. you know? And now for our family, we needed to, you know, there, it was a small amount of time to get the, the roof done and all that. That was a little different. Um, and having newborns and blah, 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 you know, it was, it was kind of a specialty situation. So the, but I, I want to bring this point up because you were almost like upset with me. You, maybe you were upset with me, but I really don't want to speak for you. So, you know, the, and I know that there's a lot of people who can relate to that when someone is potentially going to do something that you feel may harm them. And, you know, parents, we feel that all the time where you want to protect your baby. And you had just seen me go through a really tough, fragile state and going through my purification, through my chemicalization, um, you know, with, with going through the fire and, and coming out on the other end of it stronger, more aware expanded in my heart space. Right. And so you almost didn't know really how I was feeling, but I knew I had it. Like I knew I'm, I trusted myself. I believed in myself. And I think that's the biggest thing. Cause sometimes even your spouse or your parent or the closest person to you is loving you so much that there's a, a bit of fear that's laced around it. Right. Yeah. And, and I knew that I had to almost be gentle with you in my reassuring versus being upset with you in return of like, why don't you trust me? Why don't you think I got this? You know, I, it was, it was like, I'm okay. I feel strong. I'm going to, you know, and you were, you were really like, I don't, don't want to go to Savannah. I don't want to, you're going to burn well, yourself you know, up. Savannah, you know, Savannah holds some, uh, some very dicey triggers for us from time to time. Mm -hmm. uh, when we go in there, you know, we have 
Um, there's all kinds of things that are just that are that are rooted in Savannah, including work and friendships and all these different things that we always, you know, um, that we want to work out and and be the best that they can be while we're there. And they just don't they don't always work out that way. Like it's our, a busy place. Our, yeah, our expectations sometimes um, you know get the best of us in Savannah, and it leaves us you know feeling kind of withdrawn. And I know that your schedule when we went was just like atrocious. Like every day stout. you had so much stuff going on. And we were adding to it and I was going to be with the babies in the ship all day. And I didn't know how it was going to work out. You know, I really didn't. Um, it was our first trip as a fa- as the J5. Yeah, with uh, the twins. With the twins in the ship. And I remember you were actually finishing up the carport and we could not find an Airbnb or whatever place to stay without it being astronomical. And, and I said, babe, I think it's time to rip the bandaid off. <laughs> and I, I was like, I know you're not going to like what I'm about to say, but I think we got to figure out how to be in the ship again. And you took it well. I mean, you didn't fall off the roof or anything. Thank God you were. <laughs> no, that happened a few weeks prior. <laughs> hey, 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 By the way, when he fell off the roof, it was a very gentle fall. Thank you, God. Thank and you, Justin. Did I you? will get there. And <laughs> using the angel known as your cousin, Justin, to catch you. So anyways, yeah, let's not digress. So the, the whole point of, of bringing that up is that sometimes you might be the only one on your team that believes in you because you're in the relationship with God. You're in the relationship with your source. You're in the relationship with your strength of your truth. And that's where I was. I knew the work that I had lined up was stuff that would fill me up. Right. You know, so I was did. I was very careful about the people that I was going to be spending time with. I was very careful about the things that I was going to be doing um as far as my uh bonus time on the personal end with friends and family. Actually, just friends. No family was in Savannah at that point and you know, I knew that that I needed to really limit that only because I was, my workload was so heavy that I was going to need to recharge and be able to just kind of, you know, be in that space of, you know, total recharge with you guys. And that's okay. You know, so sometimes you, and I say that because I want to make it clear that that doesn't mean I didn't want to see this person or that person. It's just that in order for me to be my best, I needed to be real with my battery and how much juice was in that battery for me to to give out and work was going to get a lot that trip and the place where we were staying uh was beautiful and so we also had that so you know your environment your the people you spend your time with all the things you're working on all that stuff can be self-care too you know because if it were stuff that I didn't want to do or, and I was doing stuff out of obligation and because I have to, and because I don't want to be seen as a, not a good person or not a nice person, or I hate to say no. And it would have been a much different trip. Oh yeah. It would have been a much different trip. So we, we went through that trip and it was great. Oh my goodness. I had an awesome interview with uh, Raz on the radio and Tierra Benton. Yeah, we we did a beautiful shoot. The reason why we did the mic check originally, our first episode, um, and everything was just 
was gorgeous. I mean, it was just, I could, and I felt so uplifted and came back to hopeful and hit the ground running with getting prepared for Atlanta. And uh, cause we had at that point, five weeks total to get Atlanta, you know, done and Savannah really, cause the, the shows were only yeah. a week apart. So we get to Savannah, we get to Atlanta and um, I'm, I'm called in to do uh, my first job, which is the makeup test, the hair makeup test. This is where we've been on a conference call with the higher ups and you know the, the look has been pretty you know designed it's been approved by all the the people who need to look at it and now it's execution time so i'm going to do the look so they can see it do like a mini fashion show with five models and you know see what we need to tweak well, hold up first of all it was two models it was supposed to be. It was two models. And then you got a call literally as we're driving out of the driveway to Atlanta. Hey, so it's going to be five models, but you have a team, right? And we're like, yeah, but they're booked the next day. They're, yeah. not, they're not booked I on the I was like, day. well, you only told me it was two, so it's just me. <laughs> so it's just me. <laughs> and uh, and you were like, do we need to call somebody? Do we need to, you know, and you were like wanting to make sure I was okay. Do we need it? And I was like, I got it. If it's five models and it's just me booked, then I've, apparently I can do it, you know? And I, I was practicing that work of keeping my peace because there's a mantra that I love, which is if it costs me my peace, then it's too expensive. And I did not even want to consider giving up any bit of my piece for five models it's like fine and i was able to adjust the schedule to you know give me enough time and you know it was it was i was like i can do this is this ideal not really but it is what it is and that's cool we'll just roll with it remember be flexible so you don't break right so and it also helps the client when you're flexible you know yeah. not that they are walking all over me but I'm the professional, so I should be able to handle certain curveballs, right? Ha ha ha. So let's get deeper on the story about the curveballs. <laughs> so uh, so I'm doing the, we go through the, the looks, the hair and the makeup, and I start working. And then um, the, I'm on maybe the second or third model. And then they bring the models that I've finished back to me and they're like, Hey, so we want to change da 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 da. And we want to do this and do that instead. And I was like, okay. And which was kind of contradicting what they originally said, but I didn't say, well, you didn't say, you know, I'm okay. Because here's my thought about being a professional with a client. And I, and I really hope that my hair and makeup peeps out there can hear me when I say this, that client is hiring me to do a job that they physically cannot do. They know where they want to go. They just don't know how to drive the bus. So they are my co-captain with the GPS telling me where to go. Example, instructions on what hair and makeup to do. And my job is to not give them any lip. My job is to 
not only translate their vision into the hair and makeup, but also to execute it in a way that brings their vision to life. So for me, I, you know, and the thing, the tough part about the beauty industry is like, it is, uh, you know, what a place for your ego to, to raise its flag and be like, oh no, you did it. That is not what you told me to do. I mean, coming over with a laptop and like pointing stuff and I'm like, okay, okay. And in that moment they leave me and I'm like, okay, got it. And my negative self-talk, even though I am aware of it and I do my work to make sure that it doesn't take me down, it still shows up. And that's like a prime opportunity. Like that's too good of an opportunity for my critic to not be like, oh, you thought you were gonna come here and do work and nobody was gonna challenge you. Or you, you, were- you thought it was gonna be so easy. I mean, trash talking and you were completely alone so and i'm alone like you weren't even i wasn't with me. there i was with the babies you were on your way but you were not with and I there was, was like, nobody nobody that you knew was in that building or any within a 10 mile radius and, and i'm with oh you thought you were gonna come to play with the big dogs coming out the country i mean i was coming out the country to come do this work in the city i'm telling you i had some talk going and I remembered that uh, I was on a timeline (laughs) and I was like, I ain't got time to even acknowledge this nonsense that's going on in my head. And so what I did to combat that was I continuously told myself over and over again, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing, just do it. You know what you're doing, just do it. You know what you're doing, just do it. Like. So what I did in that moment by affirming myself and reassuring myself that I knew what I was doing, that all I had to do was do it, was I then silenced the chatter because my repetitive mantras filled my heart. It filled my spirit. It activated the good that resides within me to then step up and join me in this. So then before I knew it, guess what? I'm doing it because I know what I'm doing. And so I trusted that and I was, was working and you came in and you didn't know what was going on. You were like, are you okay? I don't know. And I'm like, I can't talk to you cause I'm busy. <laughs> and then I tell my contact, our, our contact, I'm like, things kind of shifted and it's now this and this is what we're doing. And she's like, is that okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just letting you know that we've adjusted. She's like, okay, great. Kept, kept moving. I was done 30 minutes early and they went and they did their, they got dressed. They did their mini dress rehearsal fashion show and everything was approved. And they came to me and said, Hey, that was our easiest test we've had. Everything was great. Thank you so much. See you on show day. (laughs) And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I just need to do it. And it was so exciting because, you know, this is my first big thing, especially after 
you know, coming back from maternity leave, like big thing, not, not to discount. It's the biggest thing of, of our company. I was going to say not history. to discount, you know, the paprika stuff that I was doing. Cause that's really big and, and dear to my heart. But this was like the biggest thing that I had ever done, you know? So it was that kind of like looking at the mountain, like, how am I going to climb you? You know? And it's like one step at a time. That's how. And so, you know, going into show day, I was, my adrenaline was, was definitely engaged. I mean, I barely could sleep because, uh, I kept waking up to check my alarm to make sure I didn't oversleep, you know, cause the call time was really early. And, uh, and so we needed to be out of the house by like six, six fifteen, something like that. And I just couldn't eat. And, but I also know that when I feel the adrenaline on that level, it's because whatever I'm doing is really important to me. And so it's my job to wrap my arms around the adrenaline as if it were a rocket and just allow it to take me to the next level of what I'm doing. And so. Next destination, up. Up. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So we get there and, um, you know, it's, it's so cool. And we have, you know, we had set up the stations and everything was just, it was all coming together. It was, here we are, you know, all this mad, crazy work that we had been doing. This is, it's showtime. Showtime. Like, no, we had, and, we had from 7 a.m. to mm -hmm. the Atlanta show to one. To one, right. To knock out 70 models 70, plus one yes. specialty. Yes. And, uh, so the, the makeup artists and the hairstylists were just a joy. They were so incredible. Um, I do things differently when I run shows, which some people like, some people don't like, but I always, I trusted that everybody who needed to be with me was going to be with me. And all those people loved what we were doing. And, you know, I, I have, a, it's a very collaborative experience, you know, as beauty professionals, we typically work on one person at a time and that's it. You kind of get your zone. You don't really talk to anybody else because you're focused. And I don't like to do that for fashion shows or, or training events or when I'm doing education type things. Like I like to get in there like elbow to elbow, you know, side to side. Like we are just, you know, sharing products, helping each other. You know, even though we all had enough product for each person, it was still Hey, let me grab that Q-tip. Hey, do you mind passing me that? You know, we're all next to each other and, and I'm in, I'm in it with them too, you know, cause that's where the leader should be right in there. And, and it was so, it was so special. And so we get, we get done and we're ahead of schedule and we're doing great. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm feeling pretty good and it's time to go to dress rehearsal. And so dress rehearsal is going to happen. And then we have the uh, a photo shoot that's going to happen after the dress rehearsal. So everybody needs to be primo at this point. It's basically the show before the show. Hmm. Right, right. And um, so it's really hot. And we're outside. <laughs> we're in a parking garage. <laughs> and... The thing is, is that when you're really hot and you're outside, makeup, even if it's waterproof, isn't so happy. And so, I mean, makeup is just not, it doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like. I'll just say that. And, um, and so the, the, the models start walking and they're doing their thing. 
and the model coach is um, very well known, living legend. And so, so the model coach is like, you need to change this makeup look. Like it needs to be this, that, the other. And I'm like, okay, all right. I'm just listening, you know, and this, and I'm talking like, it's almost like a character in, in the delivery of this news that things need to change. I mean, it's just like, there are some really funny eyes that are given to me like all over the place, crazy eyes, you know, and, and just, you know, lots of drama in the delivery of this message. And so lots of, lots of, of colorful language. language. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Make me blush, you know what I mean? And um, and so the thing was, and, and not in an ugly way, like the person wasn't being ugly to me. It was just very- it was just to speak. Yeah, it was just like, that this is just speech. how I talk. And, and this is how I relate information to you. And so had, I could have very easily been in a situation where that could have been too much. And that could have made me feel, felt, embarrassed or ashamed or, or that I wasn't enough or I, w I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but when I cut through all of the drama of the character, right. You know, if you think of it like a movie, there was some truth that was being given to me because I agreed with the suggestions and, um, and this but you were executing based on what, what was, was approved, approved by styling and, and what, everybody else. Right. What was approved by the higher ups right. that have the final say. And so I didn't know how much leeway I had or whatever. I really wanted to like stay very close to that. And so, so, um, so the, the model coach is like, we need to have a hair and makeup meeting. We need to, and I'm like, we ain't got no time for a meeting. Like what? I just got to fix this. And, you know, make the changes before the photo shoot, keep rolling. And so I go to my contact and I'm like, hey, um, I'm getting some different direction. Is that okay? And the contact was like, yes, that's fine. And so I'm like, great. Got clearance from you because listen, boys and girls, you always want to make sure that the person that hired you is still happy with you and you check in with the person who will ultimately be accepting your invoice, okay? <laughs> Pro tip. Or signing your paycheck. <laughs> so just make sure you check in with all parties and make sure that everything's good. And so I said, how much time do I have to make the change? And, um, and she's like, you don't have any time. And I was like, wait a minute, but I have to make, like, <laughs> wait a minute. How am I going to do this? And like you mentioned, Marie Forleo, everything is figure outable, right? So I'm like, so from the time that they're going to, you know, be backstage to then come out for their runway walk, which is going to be photographed, how much time do we have? And she said 30 seconds per model, they will be in holding before they have to walk. 30 seconds. Was it 30 seconds or 20 seconds? She said 20 seconds, but I mean, it, it, it varied. It was 20 seconds. Yeah, I it, just, it varied per person. Sometimes I was just we got ahead, sometimes we were behind. Yeah, was, I was just ready to say, actually, I think it was less than 30 seconds. It was 20 seconds. 20 seconds per model, 70 people. And side note, the specialty model that you, uh, that you talked about, it was 
such an extensive look that it required a lot from me and a lot of openness and a lot, because if that designer could have like possessed my body and to do it herself, she would have, that would have worked out better for her. Yeah. But she would just like unzip the back of you and just step inside. Stepped right in. And then, and and the thing was because she knew exactly what she wanted. And so I think a lot of times as a working professional, you, you get so caught up in what you want to do that you don't, you're not in a, you're not open enough to be in a a close collaboration like that, you know? So, so, but when you're open and you just say, direct me, tell me what you want me to do and you do it, you can get it done faster without having as many changes. Like as soon as I was done, she was like, oh, you know, and we went, we kept moving. There was no time for ego. So, um, so the models are lining up in order. So, and your, and your, your bell, your uh, set kit was yep. basically built for that specialty model. Right. I didn't have the supplies I needed for all the other models. And, um, I'm in a makeshift hallway that's basically in the dark and it's really hot. And these models are giants, they're models. So they're really tall and they have big shoes on and they can't bend over cause they're wearing art and you know, like they have clothes and, and I have to somehow figure out how to throw the makeup perfectly onto their faces <laughs> and uh, make the changes, make corrections in 20 seconds and also make sure their hair is good before they go. So no biggie, (laughs) no biggie. So I just start working and I, I was just doing it because I know what I'm doing. I just need to do it. You know, that's again. And I had no time to even think about how to do it. I had to completely rely on my instincts. I had to rely on everything leading up to that moment that brought me there to carry me through. And so I'm making decisions on which color to pick and all that kind of stuff stuff on the fly. Like, so to paint the picture even more. So I'm standing there with this gigantic model and I have, so you're, Josh, you're with me with a canister of brushes, which I can't even use the brushes because it's too, too much time to clean in between. And then uh, the other canister is my, is my garbage for my Q-tips because at this point I'm doing full makeup with pointy Q-tips. <laughs> I am MacGyvering my way through this makeup and I have someone that's timing me and when I get to the end of 20 seconds, they say next. And I have to let that model go no matter if I'm done or not. And they were literally walking around the corner and going in front of the lens. Yeah. It was that high pressure of a situation. And I, I I mean, I had another makeup artist that was applying the makeup to the back of my hand as a palette. So I could then take the makeup to the Q-tip to the, face and clean and do all the things that I needed to do. And it was just, I mean, I know you have seen me in lots of high pressure situations, but I, I think with the amount of pressure I was under, I should have turned into a diamond. Yeah, probably, (laughs) probably like, boop, boop. Oh my gosh. She's just shiny now. Now she's a diamond. So, (laughs) So, oh my goodness. So I'm just 
just doing, just going. And had a great attitude too. Like you were joking with the people who were kind of giving you a tough time with calling next. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, um, well, cause you, you were funny. You said, uh, you're like next, you, you, you gotta let her go. And I was like, she didn't yell next. And then she started smiling at me. I was like, right. And she goes, no, I didn't. You still got 10 seconds. I'm like, see, boom, boom, boom. don't rush me, babe. So, you know, cause when you're in that situation, me being upset about it would have slowed me down. Me being, you know, upset about having to do a change or whatever. You could have also just gone and cried in the corner and let him shoot at how it was. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, but that's not, that's not you. You're not, not, you're not going, you're not going to go down like that. No. So, so I just like, you know, just tapped in as best I could to, to do what I needed to do to get it done. And I experienced another level within myself of, of a strength that I didn't know was there, you know, but you have to be put in these situations that are trying, that are taxing, that are difficult in order for you to learn what's in there. It's like, we all have these hidden superpowers that don't unveil themselves to us until it's time, you know? So for me, that affirmation, everything I need is available to me in the moment that I need it also means the strength that lies within, you know, the know-how, the, the instincts to, to make the right color choice that happened to magically correct whatever I needed to correct or enhance whatever I needed to enhance. Right. You know, and you watched it happen and I'm sure you were just as amazed as I was. I was like, Oh man, that actually worked out. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's happening. Just doing, I'm just doing, I'm just rolling, you know, and my hands were moving so fast that any picture you saw, every picture, my hands were blurry, every picture, but they were so steady. And here's the, here's the also another side note that is miraculous. I was struggling with carpal tunnel syndrome. So I had uh, pregnancy carpal, induced carpal tunnel syndrome during the third trimester of pregnancy, which is very common, especially for moms of, of multiples because the inflammation and uh, fluid pushes on the nerves. And so my carpal tunnel was so bad that uh, even, you know, months after the babies were born, I still was struggling so much. So the doctor said, if it doesn't clear up within two months, we're going to have to consider surgery. And I was like, nah, uh, uh-uh. uh. Not no, this, this is when I'm thinking, man, we sh- I knew we should have insured her hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so the thing was, is that I, when he told me that I was like, all right, well, I have a different plan. And I started to speak life into my hands and speak life into my hands and continue to do that. And I remember taking note of how steady my hand was while I have this pointy Q-tip filled with makeup right next to a model's eyeball that is 10 feet tall and I'm trying to reach, you know, as best I can. And I had precision. And I know that again, all of that was completely a miracle in the making, like as it was happening, you know, that my hands were alive, that, that they were not only doing what I needed them to do, but they were doing it well, you know, like, thank you, God. So, um, I get done with all 70 models 
And, uh, and I don't, and I kind of don't know what happened. <laughs> you, it was more was like, like you touched each model as they came through for multiple looks. Yeah. So it, you it touched was, 70 models at least two to three times each. So I, we get done with that and I just kind of collapsed, um, within myself of just what was that? Oh my gosh. Just the magnitude of it all just kind of hit me. And, and, um, so we have like a mini break to, recoup and you know get our uh catch our breath maybe get a snack and then uh prepare to receive them for touch-ups before the show and uh so at this point i then go into a little secret room that you found for me so i could pump so i could because i've been there all day so i need to get milk out so you know I say that not as a TMI, but just on a full scale of yeah. understanding all the things I'm doing that day, you know, like now I have to go check into being mom yeah. and go, you know, and I'm sitting there pumping and I'm just like, what just happened? What just happened? Oh my goodness. What just happened? And get done, go back to my team. We have a team huddle. It's a great one. And we are all on the same page and those we start to receive the models and i'm like oh okay you don't look so bad look at you girl oh you look good you look better than i thought okay and i started to become pleasantly surprised with the work the quality of work that i did in such a crazy situation and uh and it made me feel so good you know that we were gonna Oh man, this is maybe they're not gonna fire me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I might get a pat on the back. I don't know, but let's let's not get crazy here. But let's just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. And so, you know, we were able to to experience the show front row, and it was it was epic. I mean, the music, the lights, the yeah, all of it, and to see the work was just was just so gorgeous walking down the, the runway. And, and I just felt so not accomplished, but just felt so in alignment with the entire thing. And I felt so much pride for myself that I was capable and I believed in myself and pride for the team and that we had all come together as a unit because I couldn't have done it without everybody. And and then I thanked the model coach after, hey, thank you for everything. And the reply was, thank you for the change. Hey, look at that. Look at that. Took a potentially horrible situation and turned it around into a moment of gratitude and respect for each other. And then we went, uh, went to Savannah to get ready for the next show. And I turned 40 in between the shows, which I thought was a really perfect God wink because 40 is the number of a completion in a deep transformation, uh, like a readiness, a preparedness for the next thing, the next mission, the next work to come. And so it was almost comical to me that I was hitting that. And I learned all this because of Reverend Dale on Palm Sunday. Um, look up unityofsavannah.org and we've got the, they've got the, the YouTube videos of the services and Palm Sunday, he talks about that, in the, you know, 40 days and 40 nights and how come 40 is such a big number in the Bible. And I was like, 
I'm going to be for it. And what, <laughs> you know, and, and it started to all make sense because the cool thing about the way this whole world works, the way this whole expansive universe works is it's always speaking to you in a way that only you will understand. And so for me, having that milestone of a birthday was coincide with such a massive milestone of a, uh, yeah. it was not only career, like career was one level of it, but the, it was a milestone of like, of surrender into faith. I think that yes. was the biggest, you know, note for me because it was like, you know, when they contacted us, we were not prepared to take on that job. We, we had not, our lives were not like, okay, well, we're just going to plug into that and go do that. No, we had to completely create the ability to do that job. Mm -hmm. And then we had to have the faith that we would be able to pull it off. Mm -hmm. And that's what I told you. When we finally wrapped the Savannah show and out of dinner, I was like, we pulled that sh off. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We did it. We did it. And, and, um, and uh, on the part one of this, we talked about, you said, you brought up that I, that I um, mentioned Dollface kind of evolving into being more of a production right. uh, company. And, and you were like, what? And so when this email came in, they actually mentioned the words, they're looking to do work with more of a production company. And you, I remember when you read that part of it, or you, you told me that part of it, you were just like, you're not going to believe this. And I was like, I told you, I, sometimes I don't know what it is all about. All I can just tell you is the things that are true. And that was truth for me in that moment. Even if I didn't understand it, it was a clue. So sometimes I take those clues and I just put them in my back pocket until it makes sense when I have more pieces of the puzzle. So a lot of times, you know, I, I know that You've gotten used to me over the years, but, you know, I know a lot of times earlier in our relationship, I would have these ideas or, or inspirations or whatever. And you wanted to know more of the end result and how we were going to do this and whatever have you. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have that part of the puzzle yet. I don't have that set of instructions. This is the part where I walk in faith. And then when I do that, then I get the next part you know, revealed to me. So it's all about, I have to keep working on my vantage point, you know, like I move a little bit higher. I remember Arlene, our old Reverend, before she went to, um, California, California. gave a talk about how you are climbing up a mountain and let's say there's this beautiful view, but if you're behind me and you're, you know, several feet back, you can't see the view yet. And so it doesn't mean the view doesn't exist. It's just that I haven't gone far enough. My vantage point isn't there yet to where I can now see what I need to see. And that's how I felt was, and that's how I've always felt is, you know, when I get to this certain place, then I'll know what I need to know in that moment and not, and work on not being impatient to know more, to know right. more. The other side of it is also not being impatient and wanting to try to figure it out first. Yeah. That is a huge, huge deal. Because yeah. then you start trying, oh, I see where you're going with this. And, and, then, you, and then you start it. trying to, and you got no idea of what's really going to happen because your plan is this big. And the real bigger master plan for your highest good is far greater than you can even imagine, you know? And so I always have to completely let go and surrender to that and know that everything that's happening is for my best good. 
in such a high way, in such a, in such a big way that I can't even explain it. I just have to trust it, you know, because when I do that, it always works out. And that's, that's with everything. It's not just like, oh, well, over here, I'm going to have faith. But over here, when it comes to my money, you know, I'm going to have mm. to make sure I know what's going on because mm. I can't I can't get myself into a, you know, a bad situation financially. Ooh, you know, you're it's talking about that wallet now. Yes. I mean, like, but that's that's what it is. It's, if you if you want to adopt a life, um, you know, that is that is based in faith and based in truth then you are going to stare the ugliness in the face on a regular basis and have to just know that all is well. Yeah. I mean, this summer was really rough for us. Oof. And, and we're going to do a whole episode because we, we're coming up on a year anniversary of our trip out West. So we're going to do a, a whole episode on kind of walking through our headspace on that. But, you know, we were in trans, we were in a financial transition uh, from selling our house or, or uh, excuse me, our house being on the market. There's a huge difference from when your house is on the market and you're, you're not living in it, it and your house selling and you being under contract. That's, a, that's another phase. And then there's the phase of, then you actually get paid. Maybe <laughs> it depends on how much you're in for it, you know, in yeah. for. So, so, you know, we, we definitely, got. Um, and the thing is, is that these things happen in order to be lessons in the school of life, if you will. So you can have an opportunity to work on the stuff that you need to work out. You know what I'm saying? Like if you've got issues with, um, you know, sore spots where it comes to finances and, and you have a severe fear of lack and never having enough and, or poor mentality or all that kind of stuff, which is super common, which is the majority of us. I would say like 99% then, of people. Yeah. Then you're going to get tested in those areas, you know, cause you have to completely because the yeah. universe is speaking to you in the way that only you understand. Mm -hmm. and it's if you want to be upset about money, then money's going to be at the forefront of your problems mm -hmm. or the forefront of your, your life situations. How yeah. about that? It's going to be your challenge. If, it's, if it's jealousy is your thing, then the jealousy is going to constantly pop up until you deal with it. So mm -hmm. it's whatever the thing is that you have a constant you know, repetitive record playing in your head, you know, of, of the things that you don't turn to faith on or you don't turn into the truth with, those things are going to continue to pop up until you figure out how to to turn to faith with regards to those specific situations. Right, right. That's why it's so important to, to listen to what the tape is saying. You know, what that, the story what that roommate is, is uh, whispering to you and, and trying to get you to believe over the truth. And, you know, when I sit back and I go, okay, what am I telling myself right now? And I hear it then I know what I'm up against, you know, in that moment of the test and things, you know, feeling scary, doing a big job. I don't want to mess it up. You know, in that moment, my, my critic was, you know, dogging me out, telling me, you know, that I'm, Oh, I thought I was all this and that and look at me now, you know. And but what's the what's the other end of it? You know, it's like so so what if go down that road and say that it does happen. Well then well, you then you have failure. Well you know the thing is is that that was happening, right? I I didn't stop it from happening, right? It was still but how I responded to it 
was the difference. So I needed to give it some attention to hear it. And I was like, oh, I hear you. So what that I did is then I activated the truth. I activated my spirit and it rose up and it gave me the strength I needed because my human self, it, you can't handle all that. You know, I'll just be a puddle, you know, I'll just turn into a water bag and I'm just, I'm done. Right. But, but when I activate that spirit and now I am on a whole new level, you know, my vibration is up here and taking me to new, new heights, then, then I can do the thing, you know? And that's why my big affirmation through all this time was more of a scripture, uh, instead of more of a, a mantra. And it was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And I kept reminding myself of that. And, and just, so you know, I, I use that because that's what works for me, but I know people, there's a lot of church hurt folks out there and they can't say God or Christ or Jesus. And, you know, well, when you, when you say Christ, you're, you're not talking about a person, right? I'm talking about consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, plug in whatever works for you. That's my disclaimer, Do, speak in a language that you understand, but make no mistake. You have to plug in to something that is giving you the extra boost that you need. And that because you cannot, we are hardwired for collaboration and connection, whether it's to each other or something greater. Um, so when I'm plugging into the most high, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to the highest that I can go. And I'm allowing myself to go there based on what is needed from me, where I need to go. And, and a lot of times I don't know where that is you know, cause my human eyes can't get it because I'm scared or I, or I can't dream that big. I can't, you know, I try, but you know, and if I just let go and let it, let it happen as it needs to, then I, I sit back and I'm, I'm amazed and I'm blown away by how the, the perfection of divine order always shows up, always takes over, always handles it for me. And cause my job is big enough, which is being open which is not getting defeated by all that crap that goes on in my head and not closing my heart. You know, I, I imagine it like a bear trap, like it just clinks, it's just shut. You know, my job is to, is to just keep it open. And so this is, you know, I'm, I'm sharing the story because I want to make sure that, you know, there's, there's the transition from those acts you know, act one, the thing happened after the birth of the twins and coming into a new house and having the extensive renovation project with the roof. And, you know, it depleted me and, and it, and it broke me in a way in order for me to go through the fire, to have all of that dross burned off the goal gold. So I could realize my new self, which was stronger and, and more capable than it was before. And then from there, it's, you know, understanding that the joy, the healing, the good that I seek, that I call into my life is waiting for me, but I have to be willing to move forward to get it. You know, that's, that's the key. You can't just say, oh, I want all these good things to happen to me, but I don't, I don't really want to 
take one step to move towards it, you know? And that's another reason why I always remind myself that it's step by step is the only way I'm going to get there. One step at a time. Anything faster than that is just too fast. I start making poor decisions. I start to operate from a space that is more filled with fear versus it being uh, in alignment with my truth and, and that kind of thing. So know that if you're in the middle of something, then you've got act three coming up. If you're in the beginning of it, it's just act one. That's okay. There's only three acts. It's not like there's 24. But keep act two short. <laughs> keep yes. it short by not allowing yourself to get lost in the negative that you that was generated during act one. Mm-hmm. Act one will generate a bunch of stuff and you have to cipher through it, pull from it what you need, focus on your faith, and move on to act three. Yes, cling to the faith. Cling to the faith knowing that it will lead you and carry you through every single situation. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that I was able, capable, and ready to handle that level of work and all those jobs and that amount of stress and personalities and all that stuff only because of the inner work. I never lost my peace. Never. And there were many situations where I could have easily. And I did not because it was now time to implement the work that I had been practicing, that I had been working on, that I had been, you know, just keeping in the forefront of my mind. You know, hey, this is a real slippery area, lots of minds, you know, the minefield, and I can trigger something. So whatever I trigger, knowingly or unknowingly, I better be ready to you know, face it and look it in the eye and bless it and allow it to leave or thank it for being with me, whatever, whatever is appropriate. So, man, good stories. Mm-hmm. Good stories. Hope y'all enjoyed story time with us, Churans. <laughs> Show love having you. So we, uh, we've got some more stories that we got to tell soon. What's going to be our next one? Hmm. Maybe you guys should give us some some, some feedback. Some Do you feedback. want to hear the story of the twins' birth? Because that's a really good one. Yeah, that's got to come up soon. Uh, uh, going to India, the Hopeful House. Well, I feel like the Hopeful House and the story of the twins is the same thing. Because <laughs> it all happened at the same time. It pretty much did. So yeah, how do you talk about one without the other? Oh, and how we met. Oh yes, how we met. That's a good one. Yeah, the journey to Savannah. So thank you so much for tuning in as these words fill you and and our prayer is that they bless you, lift you up, encourage you, and just completely inspire you, maybe even entertain you. I ask that you hold us in your hearts as well and all the work that we're doing. Lift us, lift us up, we lift you up and knowing that we are all connected, we're all one, it's just one big family connected to the most high. And we put that prayer out. We put that out in the ethers, knowing that it's doing its perfect work. Ashe. Ashe. And so it is. And so we allow it to be. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. If you feel uplifted and inspired by the sacred space we created today, support and join our mission by donating on www.julesloves.me. 
And while you're there, take a look around, check out all the videos and blogs I've put together for you and make sure to subscribe to my email list. And for all you social butterflies, you can follow me on JulesLoves.me on Facebook and Instagram. Want to support our mission even more? Visit Patreon.com slash JulesLovesMe to become a patron and get even more food to fuel your soul. Join me next time for another wholehearted story. Thank you for listening. And remember, the light in me loves the light in you.